Welcome to Break the Stigma, a podcast where we aim to destigmatize the topic of mental health one conversation at a time. My name is Sanjana, and today we'll be talking about the current state of mental health for first generation students with Helen Chin. Chin is our team's youth art director, utilizing her artistic abilities to curate beautiful graphics, logos, and website design to elevate our nonprofit further. Thank you so much for joining us, Helen. Thanks for having me, Sanjana. This topic is really important to me because I myself am a first-generation Chinese-American, and I just really wanted to share some of my thoughts on this current issue. I hope that our conversation can be the first step in like just spreading awareness and encouraging people to take action in their own communities. Before we begin, we'd like to clarify the definition of what first generation means. So first generation can refer to a person born in the U.S. to immigrant parents or be a naturalized American citizen. Both types of people are considered to be first generation U.S. citizens. In my personal situation, I was born in the United States to Indian immigrants, so I fit the first definition. On the other hand, I was born in China and became a naturalized American citizen, so I fit the second definition of what it means to be first generation. Also, becoming a naturalized American citizen also meant that I had to relinquish my Chinese citizenship. So families, cultural ties, and religious background are all um, very highly valued in immigrant households and can all support mental health. Um, a distinct cultural background really aids in, you know, defining your identity and fostering relationships with people of a similar heritage. So in some respects, having immigrant parents makes you stand out um, in a world of uniformity by bringing significant distinctions to the table. Um, all these traits are good, yet some traditional beliefs or more conservative takes can have a more harmful effect on young adults' intellect and um, thoughts. So things like strict discipline, little liberty, financial or academic pressure, and also just adjusting to American lifestyle are just a few of the very emotionally taxing customs we like to cover in this episode. Um, One of the other topics we also like to cover that a lot of first generation Americans experience is our parents' general unwillingness to talk about mental health and the higher expectations of first-generation children, which can make us very vulnerable to severe emotional distress. So, studies from major research institutions such as the Society for Research and Child Development support the unfortunate fact um, that first-generation Americans are more likely to experience higher rates of mental health problems. So, Helen, could you tell um, me some of your thoughts and personal story as it relates to this issue? So as an immigrant myself, I felt like in my family, like my family and I, our journey to America, we had to really start from scratch compared to families with strong roots in the country. You know, some of the individuals with like generations and generations of wealth and stability already at their disposal. I felt this issue really manifested itself academically for me. First generation students like me aren't really familiar with like the American education system as a whole and aren't really familiar with various resources that are available. Education system is still really overwhelming. Its complexity is something that I fortunately had to adapt rather quickly and it's just a very stressful process as a whole. 
Another big issue in the system is that the problems with networking. A lot of uh, first-generation immigrants, etc., um, don't really have access to established networks, which can play a major role in um, the college system. I found myself having to work like twice as hard to keep up with my family duties whilst like my quote unquote like fully integrated American peers could navigate the system with ease, you know, being guided by their parents and grandparents who'd gone through the same system. And they were all basically connected with like mentors and friends that had already gone through similar situations. So, you know, this situation definitely increased a lot of anxiety and stress for me overall. Yeah, I I definitely understand what you mean. And, you know, although I've seen a lot of programs in like recent years that are designed to help first generation and immigrant students better assimilate into our education system, I definitely feel like there's a lot of work to be done. Um, So in my family situation, I definitely saw us regularly depending on the support um, of our close-knit Indian American network, which were comprised of, you know, families in similar situations as us. No, it'd be things like teaching each other how coursework in schools work, like the advanced placement in international baccalaureate programs and grading systems are completely different from how it works in India. And also taking supplementary courses like Kumon also helped um, immensely to assimilate into the American education system and keep us on par. So honestly, I'm really not sure what we would have done without their support. Um, like, like you said, I'm grateful for the help, but why is our only option relying on the support of each other? And I think there needs to be more done from an institutional and governmental aspect where the support can be you know, standardized and implemented throughout. Um, especially for families who come for more underrepresented demographics and cultures who don't have that larger established network of community, um, like Indians, for example, this system of support that's given directly from the schools themselves is a, is a necessity. It's crucial. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, um, especially what you said about how other, you know, underrepresented minorities may not be able to establish networks, you know, as like, especially like, um, I know East Asians and like Indians, especially, um, we tend to form these sorts of like enclaves in America, um, you know, especially in like California, New York, um, just a lot of areas where a lot of us tend to congregate in one place. This does allow us to establish like a nice network of with community, but at the same time, it's still almost kind of keeping us isolated from the, like the rest of American society in a way. Right. I completely agree. And, you know, one thing about these enclaves is that although we get sort of like a kind of a protection, we still are vulnerable to a lot of the um, prejudice of what it means to be a minority in America. So according to research from the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds, more than one third of first generation students are from racial or ethnic minority group. Now, from a cultural point of view, what struggles have you or have you seen with um, first generation Americans that affects their mental health? 
Yeah, so for me personally, during the beginning of the pandemic, you know, many East Asian Americans were getting like hate crimed and often like blamed for the coronavirus. I remember like a specific instance in one of my classes mentioning how um Asian Americans were being like targeted in like large metro areas, which is like New York, San Francisco. And this is like just kind of I was just like we we're kind of kind of having a discussion about how this is like a prevalent issue. And one of my um, teachers overheard this and just completely disregarded my concerns, even making jokes at, the sta- at my statements to the class, you know. Of course, I was very upset by my teacher's um, insensitivity and ignorance, but also just like frustrated um, in general that this is such a commonality with minority students in the education system. There's really no accountability for this prejudice, nor are there any resources to help students like us experiencing these issues. Um, I definitely agree with that. And I'm really sorry to have heard that you went through that. Um, in my personal experience, um, I remember that, you know, in order to assimilate with American culture and, you know, not feel the pressure of being in two different worlds, I'd have to give up or hide certain aspects of my culture um, so that I wouldn't be shamed or bullied. And I think this is a very common example, actually, that plenty of first generation and minority kids, unfortunately, have to go through. Um, But for me, it would be like hiding my ethnic food during lunch, out of fear for the, you know, um, shame that I would get from other students. And you're basically in a position as a first generation uh, American, where you kind of have to deny a part of who you are, in order to not experience that prejudice and I feel like you know the racial atmosphere in America is something that minorities have to overcome or sort of deny part of who they are in order to blend in and we really can't exist as a whole in this very um, prejudiced environment Um, and other than you know the racial tensions and lack of resources that first generation students experience there's a multitude of other issues that contribute to first-generation Americans' increased mental health problems. So in our next episode, we're going to be taking a closer look at first-generation familial relations, generational trauma, and the uniquely first-generation situation of being disconnected from your family um, in America and the rest of your family demographically. Some resources I recommend to check out are the Center for First Generation Student Success and Rise First. There are a ton of resources to help first generation Americans assimilate in every aspect. And of course, you can always reach out to us. Our DMs on at BreakTheStigma.org on Instagram are always open. Thank you so much for listening to Break the Stigma. And thank you, Helen, for taking the time to come out here and speak. Thanks for having me. Before we go, please show some love for our podcast by leaving us a review. Stay tuned for our next episode.